Welcome to another edition of I've Got a Beatles podcast, an educational, informative, and irreverent look at all things Beatles. I'm David Thurmeyer, music theory professor, songwriter, and owner of a sitar. And I'm Chris Bragg, writer, comedic actor, and Paul McCartney apologist. We will dissect some of the most popular Beatles tracks, as well as some of the duds, and keep you up to date with the latest news. So what do you say, Dave? Let's get to Beatling. Sounds good to me got a special show uh, about an album. Come on, come on, step up to <laughs> Dave, Chris and Dave's podcast. Step right this way. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. It's If you can believe it, it's been 45 years since Magical Mystery Tour was released as a movie and as an album. Uh, it's wow. unbelievable. Can you believe 45 years? I know. It's, it's some... <laughs> Uh, all of these anniversary dates are starting to make me feel real old, Dave. <laughs> I know. And this, <laughs> and this album, uh, it's, it makes me feel old, too. I don't know. It, yeah. We're going to be talking about the songs, talking about whether it's hold, held up. Magical Mystery Tour, to me, always gets under the radar, goes under the radar from Sgt. Yeah. Pepper. It wasn't considered an official, like... Uh, album for a long time, I think. Right. And then when about the time that they were doing the CD re-releases, I think that's the time when we felt like, no, that is an album because otherwise, you know, there were a lot of singles released around it and stuff that was in the movie. But you know, uh, so then I think I think at that point is when it is like, no, this is a regular Beatles canon album, mm-hmm. just like. Uh, Past Masters and Past Masters Volume <laughs> Two were just thrown together singles because they weren't on any albums at all. Um, uh, similar to that, except it was it had been released as a soundtrack album here in the U.S. at least mm-hmm. uh, before. So um, uh, yeah, so that's why I think maybe it slides under the radar a little bit. But uh, it's uh, uh, and I don't and I don't think it was put together in a way that. Uh, certainly not. Uh, the, uh, the other uh, <laughs> 1967 release, uh, Sgt. Pepper, was where it's like, you know, this track leads into that track and that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. Which uh, definitely. So, not. And as Chris talked about, the album was originally uh, wasn't released as a full album in the UK. It started out in the UK as a six-song EP, and that later became the soundtrack album. And it was padded with a bunch of singles that. They weren't on any other albums. So, uh, for instance, we're going to talk about Strawberry Fields forever and Penny Lane, which are on there. And Hello, Goodbye. Hello, Goodbye. Another single that was not in the movie. So it's sort of got some extra songs on it that, in my opinion, actually make it better. Because the songs in the the movie are eh, a little... (laughs) Suspect. Suspect, Uh, maybe. There's so, a couple of duds. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about. So we'll do a track by track uh, uh, review here, and we'll start with the uh, Dave. What do you think about the uh, the theme song to Magical Mystery Tour? Magical Mystery Tour. You know, I have to admit this, but in, you, you know, since it is 45 years ago, since or it's been 45 years since this album was released, it's also been. 25 years ago since the first 
Beatles CDs were released, the, the first full series in 1987. And do you know the yeah. first album, the first CD I bought at Northbrook Court in Northbrook, Illinois, was, <laughs> was Magical Mystery Tour. Was that at a coconuts? It, <laughs> or it might have been a music land. Music been... land, yes. That's where I bought my first two Beatles CDs were at a music land. It yeah, was music uh, land. a white album and uh, Abbey, Abbey Road. Uh, yeah. Both so, <laughs> music land. Yeah, I think it might have been Coconuts in Norfolk Court. But in any oh. case, that was the first Beatles CD I bought, and I still have it. So whenever I hear that first song, I always think of that. And the thing about the soundtrack, or about the first six songs, is that uh, it's weird. If you, I think it would be weird if you didn't know the movie. Or if you'd never seen the movie, because they really do, when you hear the songs, they do evoke the movie. And for example, that song is how the movie starts out, when they're all getting on the bus, and and the whole thing starts and shows all the colors and everything. So it, to me, it's it's a very introductory song, like it is to the movie. Yeah. I, I find Magical Mystery Tour, the song, musically pretty interesting. Musically pretty good, but it is a little... I'm sort of torn on it. It feels a little bit Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Jr. Yeah. to me. Yeah. Like, uh, let's, let's, yeah, let's do something kind of fun like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, again, you know, yeah. so a little bit of a redundancy. But uh, musically, it's really pretty good, and... Uh, uh, I'll say this, uh, live, hearing it live recently, played by Paul, I was like, ah, awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, mer- probably uh, mercifully short. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Paul really belts it out on this song. At the ending, uh, he really, you have to hit a lot, hit the high yeah. notes at the end, and he, he did, he nailed it. Uh, along, yeah. that, he might have been singing with Wicks in the background too at that time. I can't remember. <laughs> Wicks, wake up. <laughs> he might have been on the background, but it's a good rocker, and I know what you mean. It is kind of redundant because it starts out the sort of the same way that Sergeant Pepper does with the we're this yeah. band and we're going on a tour and just like Sergeant Pepper. So it's catchy and it's got the little psychedelic ending where it kind of gets a little crazy at the end. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, ooh, see, we're going to go into this weird, myst- mysterious, yeah. Uh, yeah. LSD-driven trip. Cue the, Ma- cue the colors and the kaleidoscope and the different <laughs> drug stuff. So, yeah, the LSD images now on screen. So, yeah, it, it works. And then it goes into Fool on the Hill, I believe, is the next song. Yeah, I'm really uh, intrigued to hear what you think about Fool on the Hill. <laughs> I used to not like this song at all. Yeah, I think I remember yeah. you saying that at some point. Um, I really didn't like it. I thought it was boring and self-indulgent and didn't do much for me. But I will say the time has been kind to that song, I think. And now I do like it a lot more. And it's one of the better moments in the movie. I'm going to keep talking about the movie because I... I have to watch it every summer in my class, and I've, I, mean, I might be the only person in the world who's had to see it more than ten times. 
Oh my <laughs> lord! <laughs> I, 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 I had to force myself to watch it a second time. It's, it's yeah, uh, yeah. The students, there's usually a revolt, so most of the time I just grade homework or something during it. Now, but anyway, I, that is one of the great moments in the movie when, in a movie that doesn't have great moments, when Paul is off dancing around the beach and in the mountains and uh, singing that song. And now it's, I like it. It's got a charm to it. So, Adam, what do you think? Can we play a little, little bit of it just to get it in my head here? Yeah, yeah, let's do that here. Day after day, alone on a hill, the man with the foolish grin is keeping perfectly still. But nobody wants to know him, they can see that he's just a fool, and he never. think uh uh i have sort of mixed feelings on the on the tune actually it i i think it's one of these where you're like if you're in the mood for it it really hits you as beautiful and the the um instrumentation and all that is so uh interesting and yeah uh cool you were talking about the bass um uh, bass harmonicas harmonicas on, yeah. on, <laughs> on yeah. it which i can't recall too many bass harmonicas <laughs> tunes so no, no. and it's got the little uh, uh a little flute a little recorder sound and a little uh a, a lot of uh uh good cool little per percussion mm -hmm. um though at times to me it feels a little bit like the temp like the tempo just stays the same and little, like maybe it could have picked up at some point it's a little draggy yeah. a little draggy and um but lyrically it's really uh it's really an interesting idea yeah paul doesn't always write songs that seem sad and lonely and that kind of thing and this one really kind of hits that feeling for me so i i i like it i don't i wouldn't put it in my top 50 probably no but it's it's in that next you know kind of level. I I don't dislike it. Yeah, I think. But, we, yeah, we're probably similar minds on that one. Yeah. But do I occasionally skip it? Sure. Yeah, me too. But it seems like a complete masterpiece next to the song that follows it. Yes, we've <laughs> we've talked about this one before, uh, uh, but we'll give it its due right now. Uh, the is this the only is that right? Uh, Linda McCartney Harrison star key uh, composition Ooh. or is there another one? There's a couple. Uh, Christmas time is here again, uh, oh. but there aren't many. I don't dig it. Might have been considered all four too, but I don't know. I have to check on that. But certainly flying is the first one that yeah. it was, and it's it's an instrumental. Has some doo doo doos on it and some da da da's. Plus, too, with it, you can hear that John was not taking it seriously at all. 
Because he's doing like a fake <laughs> <laughs> They sound very operatic on there. Yeah. It's kind of funny. But in the movie, it, it again, it has a, a purpose in the movie because they're going on a, the, the bus. They're on the bus and they're going on a trip. Crazy, you know, it's a very colorful land. And so you see all these different colors happening and it's very visual. So it kind of works for that. But as a song by itself, I don't think so. It's it's sort of a throwaway, but it it's novelty maybe. One of the few yeah, instrumentals. It, yeah, it's one of these that I mean, it's a rarity. It's like a little glimpse of like, oh, what if the Beatles just made uh, soundtrack uh, uh, psychedelic soundtrack albums? Yeah, it would sound like this, you know, like yeah. they really shouldn't be on a record. No. No. On its own, on on its own in the movie, it's pretty cool. But mm -hmm. on a record, no thanks. No. And so next, next, uh, <laughs> the next uh, we have a, a George Harrison uh, composition, "Blue Jay Way." Uh, you want to talk? Uh, yeah. You want to talk psychedelic? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. This is George's maybe most psychedelic, one of his most psychedelic songs. Definitely, it was written. Uh, Blue Jay Way, as I mentioned in an earlier podcast, is a street in Los Angeles that uh, you get a tour of if you take Jillian's Beatle tour, uh, which I highly recommend if you go to L.A. But it's a really windy street, and Derek Taylor, the Beatles' press agent and fix-it guy, was uh, had a house there. So George was trying to get to his house, and it was really late, and he got lost and couldn't find his way. So that's what the song's about, and he... The, the refrain of the song, the chorus is, don't be long, please don't be very long. And that goes on and makes it very long, actually. The song becomes very long itself. And it's yeah. psychedelic. In the movie, it's cool. He's sitting on the ground with chalk, and he's, he drew a piano keyboard on the pavement, and he's like pretending to play the keyboard like an organ. It has a really high-sounding organ. Uh, like a rich organ sound in it, so I don't know. It, the, for for a psychedelic song with a bunch of weird sounds in it and an under four minute song, <laughs> why do I find it so boring about halfway in? <laughs> you can't. It's like you can't think. You can't believe that there's going to be yet another verse. Uh, yeah. The cello and, is gone. And, and, and maybe it's 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 their own fault for being so good on all of the their other similarly psychedelic yeah. songs that this one just pales in comparison to some of the other ones, even on this album. Yeah, it's a weak contribution for George, but. But yeah. at the same time, it does show kind of George. It's it's more interesting stuff from George yeah, than than some of the stuff we'd gotten pre pre previously to that. So I feel like it was a it was like he him evolving to the point where he got honestly his next few songs that made albums were pretty great, including while my guitar gently weeps and all that, and so, you know leading to. Stuff like something, and yeah. So I, in the evolution of George, I can see it, you know, coming from where he was, just like barely writing at all, to like starting to be like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, 
I'll write some psychedelic stuff too, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I can I'll roll my sleeves up and get in the mix. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Which is okay a now. Total contrast from the next one. Yeah. Want to talk about now this, number five? This this one, uh, your mother should know. Paul McCartney song. I think you and I are going to disagree on two things on this album. Oh yeah. And I think this this might be one of them because I don't think you probably like this one very much. <laughs> but I I think it's really uh, I mean it is slight. <laughs> slight. I'll I'll give you that it's slight. Yes. But I enjoy the wistfulness of this. I enjoy that. It, it, Paul, especially on a lot of tracks on uh, the White Album, we were talking uh, uh, about Kisses on the Bottom and how that's something where he just is making old songs. Mm -hmm. This is something that sounds like an old song. It's intended to sound sort of like an old song, but it doesn't really feel... It feels fresh and it feels beatly. Yeah. You know, still... <laughs> Yeah, it's catchy. I give it that. It's a very catchy tune. It's got a catchy chorus. It's really well produced. Sounds good. It's neat in the movie because it's at the end, and they're yeah. dance. They're dressed up in like old clothing, looking very like soft shoe dance, song and dance guys walking down doing, the stairs, doing the in step, yeah. high step, yeah, yeah, yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of neat for that. Uh, it, is it one of Paul's greatest songs? I don't think so. But yeah. it's... I, I wouldn't skip it now. I, I guess some of these songs just have gotten so in me that they yeah. I don't they don't bother me as much anymore. So it's okay. I like, can, can we play just a little bit of the beginning? Yeah. So I think there was something I wanted to say about the... It's got a really neat sort of uh, feel to it with the the and it and it kind of builds and Ringo's drums come in at some point mm -hmm. and it gives it a real sort of like shuffly feel in a certain way. Shuffle, that's I don't a good know, word for it. Are, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I hope that's the right word for it. Yeah. And uh, and uh, like uh, similarly to uh, Fool on the Hill, it's really buried. There's like a, a pretty neat chord progression mm -hmm. which on some of the demos and i think on the uh anthology you can really really stands out with a do 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 yeah yeah um and this one similarly has a really kind of cool chord progression to it so musically yeah. i find it really uh, really interesting obviously that like like we said the lyrics really kind of slight <laughs> you know here's yeah. a song your mom your mom would like that's, much. that's all it's saying pretty so. much it now, a song your mom probably wouldn't like is the next one, which <laughs> is, you have to put this, I don't know, I think most people would probably put the next song in the top, if not the top 10, definitely the top 20 of 
best Beatles songs are most interesting and innovative and very psychedelic. And that would I be, know a I few am, people. I am the walrus who hate it. Yes, I know right. a few people who hate it because they think it's so stupid. They're yeah. like, it's it's not saying anything. It's dumb, you know. But I. Uh, those people are are idiots, <laughs> fools. Fool, they're fools uh, on the hill. This is, uh, uh, you know, you've got innovative music making, recording studio music making, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and this uh, song is brilliant. Yeah, some of the phrasing in it is, you know, so inventive and made up and crazy. The, the, but it's so good that all of that stuff has become iconic, you know? I am the Eggman, you know? It's That's like, what I was going to say. You see a lot of quotes from that tune are in popular culture now. Like, I am the Eggman, and people take that, and they'll put I am the something else. and But everyone yeah. knows the reference. Or There's just images in that song that are... Or goo goo jube. Everybody yeah. knows what that... Yeah. yeah, if you say that to people, they say, Juba. oh, that's a Beatles song. Or, yeah, it's I am the Walrus. It's such a... It's been really uh, ingrained in popular culture now, that tune. And maybe, do you think it's because of the video that goes with it, too? That that video actually has kind of been famous on its own outside of the movie. With them yeah. out in the field, and uh, they're on they're dressed up in their Sgt. Pepper costumes, and then they're animals, like the, John's the walrus, and or, uh, Paul, I can't remember which ones, the, they have masks on their heads. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're all they're all the walrus. They're all the walrus. No, yeah. No, I no, yeah, they have weird masks on and uh I think that's part of it, but I just think on its own it's so dense and so brilliant and it's got the the uh later uh used a lot by Pink Floyd the uh trick of like having a lot of interview sort of audio underneath with mm. a lot of what sounds like rip from TV audio. Yeah, yeah. You know, sit you down, follow the rest of you. <laughs> and uh, the, we get to a... a I, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, we get to this final sort of thing where everybody is saying everybody's got one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody's, got, everybody's got one. You know, it's like almost like a... Stick it up your jumper. It's so uh, uh, so interesting uh, in a hundred ways. Not to even talk about the uh, yeah the lyrics. I mean the lyrics are secondary. It's, yeah, to it's... to yeah, I, I like songs that evoke an emotion mm. without any kind of like lyrical. I mean another example of that is uh, a day in the life, which if you just wrote down the lyrics and read them. You'd be like, well, this is something that just happened, and then yeah, the other like part of it's like, I got up and I went to, I went and I caught the bus. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, fancy. Yeah, yeah. This one's that, but the opposite. It's like here's crazy lyrics, but they don't really mean anything crazy. Yeah, you know, it just kind of goes with this That's production like, and and the the. Well, a lot of the. A lot of that, the reason why that tune is so interesting, you have to give some credit to George Martin for scoring all these instruments. You've got cellos, you've got horns, you've got brass, all sorts of brass instruments. And that, that the whole arrangement is really classic. Like the whole middle section, that, my favorite part's the middle section, when the sitting in an English garden, 
waiting for the sun and just the music is so different and sounds like i don't know so different from what you heard previously with the cellos and uh, so george martin was a big key element to that song expert textbook focus <laughs> <focused. laughs> it's it's lennon wordplay it's that rapid yeah. images things that don't make sense things just all smashed together and I think somebody said it was an LSD trip that he had, and he just wrote down lyrics he was thinking about. It kind of sounds like yeah. that. Yeah. It know, does sound like that very much. In a you cool know. way. Similar to Belcher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Climbing up the Eiffel Tower. And it's got some some self-reference, too, which I always found yeah. neat. With the, see how they fly like Lucy in the Sky. Lucy in the Sky. And see how. Quoting the previous album on Sgt. Pepper, so... Yeah. And things like that, which Lennon loved to do, as we talked about when we were discussing the White Album in Glass Onion. He did that, again, self-referencing, bringing back old tunes. So, yeah, yeah. it's it's a real you know, masterpiece of a, of a tune. So, Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Thumbs way up on I Am The Walrus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, moving on to, I guess, what would be side two. We yeah, the... You know, we're losing the sense of, like, sides. You know, side one, yeah, side it two. Doesn't, you know, I was. what do you think about this? We were talking in my American popular music class about albums. And mm -hmm. the album that we were talking about, or the, the idea that came up about Sgt. Pepper, and somebody said, you don't, it sounds weird if you just download one song from Sgt. Pepper. You kind of need the whole thing to make sense. And I think that's lost nowadays in, with iTunes or with downloading songs. I mean, does somebody really go and just download "Getting Better" or "Sergeant yeah, Pepper I Reprise"? Uh, I don't know. And you lose that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it, it wouldn't sound so great, would it? No, it wouldn't. So yeah. that whole thing about sides here, as we talk about Magical Mystery Tour, you know, it ends if, on the original record. I'm the Walrus ends the side, and it's like so complete because then what happens next when "Hello Goodbye" comes in is such a stark contrast yeah hello goodbye now the vi great video yeah fantastic video they're in yeah. it's the classic they're they're in their uh classic beetle outfits from the era mm -hmm. the sergeant pepper and then, outfits and then they jump into the at some point i believe they jump into their old uh old suits at some point there's fl <laughs> flashes of them in their suits Mm -hmm. It's a really, it's a real good, fun, crazy uh, video. Um, yeah. This song, I used to not like it so much. I think this is uh, when we were talking before about you and Fool on the Hill. That's this one's grown on me, especially hearing different mixes of it and hearing like the guitar, like a guitar louder kind of mix uh, on one of the things. Uh, I, I really kind of like the uh, background vocals i think that's something that does stick out in the recording yeah and um i love how it ends yeah like that's Paul's favorite and then it just goes into like you know what we're gonna tear it up yep and, and paul's just gonna go woo <laughs> hey <laughs> paul's gonna <laughs> give it a bunch of whoop whoops and yep yep <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was Paul's favorite uh, part, he said. The, uh, I think John hated the song. In Lennon's Playboy interview from 1980, he said, 
the, the interviewer said, he was asking about all these Beatles songs, his opinion, and he says, Hello, goodbye? And Lennon says, That's another McCartney. Smells a mile away, doesn't it? An attempt to write a single. It wasn't a great piece. The best bit was the end, which we all ad-libbed in the studio, where I played the piano. Like one of my favorite bits on Ticket to Ride, where we just threw something in at the end. So, I don't know. It's a very Paul song. Yeah, it's very Paul, and it's a very simple yeah. song, and, uh, you know, I, but I, I, I like it. I like it. It's, it's sometimes real simple stuff. It's like, not that it's extraordinarily profound, <laughs> but it does have a little meaning to it, and it's, it's still, you know, I like it. I like it. I probably like it more than you like it. But Definitely. I like, yeah, I'm going to say I like it none, nonetheless. Yeah. And I and I love alternate mixes of it. Hearing alternate mixes of it, and uh, particularly, I think there's a version of it on Love, if I'm right, if I'm oh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. And with a lot of like woo hoo, like a little starker woo hoo at the end. So best, far. Best, yeah. best part of the song, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a classic George Harrison lick, right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. That is some technique. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So up to this point, we've had, let's see, uh, Magical Mystery Tour is kind of a mix Paul John song, but mainly Paul. Uh, Fool on the Hill is a Paul song. Flying's all four of them, I guess. Blue Jay yeah. Way is George. Your Mother Should Know, Paul. I'm the Walrus John. Hello, Goodbye, Paul. Are you seeing a theme here? Yeah. yeah it's a very... Paul-oriented uh, album so far. Yeah. Uh, the next two but songs... Not, are, not the next one, no, for sure. No, the next two... Uh, this, these could be the topic of another another uh, podcast, because they're such classic songs, but they go together. Yeah. Strawberry Fields Forever and Penny Lane. Yeah, Strawberry Fields Forever. Could be, could be considered one of the top two or three yeah. by many people. Definitely. It's uh, one of the most brilliant um, studio tricks ever made of having... <laughs> <laughs> George Martin uh, help out a little Having bit. a slower version and having a faster version and having them yeah. go together, kind of. And Somehow. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. And you were talking about hearing the, difference, uh, out, the different demos and things that became the song. Well, you can hear a lot of them. Uh, for this song, from, even on the anthology and bootlegs, you can hear it really turn into what it became, and that's fascinating just in and of itself. The uh, production on, and uh, in conjunction with the drumming mm. on the uh, drum parts, uh, some of the most interesting captured on any audio anywhere, if you ask yeah. me. I mean, lyrically, it's top-notch, and musically, it's great, and very trippy, very psychedelic-sounding, but in a great way, not a dated kind of way. Uh, the ending is cool, because it has a fade-out, and then it fades back in with the really frantic yeah. Ringo drumming, and then, of course, what's the best moment of the song? Is that they reveal that Paul is dead. That's right. I yeah. buried Paul. That's right. Uh, <laughs> or that he liked cranberry sauce. <laughs> yeah, which is revealing. It just is. as revealing to me. I don't know about you. Paul's dead? Oh, no, he likes cranberry sauce? Oh, my God, he likes cranberry sauce? 
Yeah. yeah, so great. So li- living is easy with eyes closed, misunderstanding what you see. Yeah. Just uh, the br- uh, uh, this one, unlike I Am the Walrus. Now, that's a good debate is I Am the Walrus or Strawberry Fields. Got to take one, got to throw one away. Yeah, that's tough. And they're both, I, I, got, I would have to go with Strawberry Fields, but. I, th- I think you have to go with Strawberry Fields on the strength yeah. of the lyric. I mean, he pulled off the same trick of here's a real interesting, brilliant, psychedelic thing. We're, we're, we're making music, we're making new music that's never been made before. Yeah. And it's it. not just a rock song. No. Maybe that's too why, you know, in comparison, uh, same time as Hello Goodbye, maybe that's. Maybe it hurts Hello Goodbye a little bit. <laughs> Hello Goodbye was a song on, say, uh, uh, I don't know, Beatles for Sale or something. You'd An be like, oh, album, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a classic hit. But yeah. that uh, up against these things, which are so, like, innovative and brilliant and have, you know, hours and hours of studio production poured into them. Yeah. Um, a little bit a little bit different. But uh, uh, Strawberry Fields is one. I mean, lyrically, just sta- uh, standout yeah. track as well and it's paired it's paired with penny, with paul's penny lane which is equally high quality song so if paul had hello goodbye he's also got penny lane again a great tune with uh, musically and lyrically it's got all these images of liverpool has the famous trumpet solo in it it's got so many i don't know quotable lines and there's a cool bass line yeah they just go together so well they're a great single Piccolo trumpet. David Mason with his piccolo trumpet solo. David Mason was the principal trumpet in the London Symphony Orchestra, I think. And that's the case where it was the Beatles were soaking up everything like sponges at that point, and Paul's watching TV and sees Johann Sebastian Bach's second Brandenburg Concerto, which has a famous piccolo trumpet solo in it and comes in and says i think i'd like a little bit of that on my team <laughs> can we get that can we get that george on there and sure enough there it is so yeah uh, it's also got you know like a lot of other instruments got like a flugelhorn and oboes and double yeah, bass and, and you know a bunch bell. of bunch of stuff yeah. bunch of stuff throughout it and i like uh thing I like about it, my favorite part of the song is the non-vocal part where they're just singing along with a ah! <laughs> which is the piccolo trumpet solo. Yeah. But the yeah. vocals during the piccolo trumpet solo. It's a brilliant yeah. touch. It is pretty great, actually. I forgot about that. Usually you, don't, you, usually you step off. It's like, up oh, solo time. Let's yeah. let him go. But the solo's got a little backup singing <laughs> accompaniment with it. Awesome. <laughs> It's pretty Brilliant. cool. It's pretty cool. So, I think those two definitely bring up the album. And that's a reason why you get it. Because you can't get, nowadays, you can't get those songs on uh, any other album, as far as I know. Yeah. So, you have to get Magical Mystery Tour if you're going to pick up those two tunes. So Now, I will say this. I don't think I ever skip Strawberry Fields Forever. No. Under any circumstance. Occasionally, I can be just not in a penny lane. Yeah. Penny, penny lane is slighter. It is, yes. It's it's a little slighter. You're right. 
there's a corn and the maker and the mocha cut. You know, yeah. sometimes I feel like, ah, do I want to hear a song about people and then about you know, nurses and selling play. poppies on a tray? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, a well-written song, beautiful. Obviously, one of the top, yeah. I don't know, five hundred songs of all time and all that. <laughs> but but again, eh, occasionally, I'll just be like, eh, I'm not in the mood. Not yeah. in the mood. Something that also that's really neat about both of those is they have the promotional videos that go with them, and the Strawberry Fields Forever video is really psychedelic, very colorful. They're like decorating a beat up piano out in the fields and climbing trees and playing with electronic stuff. It's really very trippy. And then the Penny Lane video, they're walking down the street and riding horses and then having a banquet in the middle of a field. And these mm -hmm. like Mozart people or these sort of, you know, like old British people with wigs come in and uh, it's very trippy, but the videos are really neat. If you haven't seen those, good to watch those too. But I like Penny Lane. I'm a big fan, so I, yeah. I I wouldn't skip either of those. Yeah, I think I think you're a bigger you're a bigger Penny Lane fan than I am. I think so. Yeah, and I think maybe I'm a slightly bigger uh, fool on the hill fan than you Your are. Your mother should know. Yeah. yeah. Hello, goodbye. Penny Penny Lane, I would say, is probably slightly overrated. Okay. Uh, uh, but. Still love it, and still love the the vocal vocal thing I mentioned before. Fair enough. Uh, now two, two here we more. go, baby. You're a rich man. I like it. I always have liked it. It's okay. Then we don't disagree. I thought no. we, we were going to disagree on this. I was no. ready. I was prepared it's for totally, you to just rip into this one. No, it's totally quirky. It's so un. I don't know. So different than anything else they've done like that. It's not. It doesn't sound like. A typical song they would do. I don't know. To me, it's I I yeah I agree with that. I love that they. What seems to be I just feel like they put so much energy into yeah, this. Yeah, it's really driving and ease. It seemed like easy energy too. Like they just like were singing singing their ass mm -hmm. off in the chorus. You know, you keep all your money in a big brown bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the weird instrument on there too. I don't know what that is. Yeah, uh, the thing that sort of—it's like a Can we hear? Let yeah, let's hear what that is. Yeah. And now uh, you like you like George Harrison on hand claps on that tune, right? Yeah, George Harrison on hand claps. Uh, here's a here's something you might even not even know. On backing vocals, Mick Jagger. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I did not know that. Was also present when his name appears on a session tape box, possibly indicated they provide backing vocals near the end of the song. Oh. So we'll have to listen to that. Yeah. You know. For, you know. Listen to uh, Sir Mick. Now you were talking about what's that instrument that kind of 
East Far Eastern sounding instrument. Sort of sounds like Israeli or something. Uh, they say it's a clavioline, which is an early forerunner of the synthesizer. Okay, who plays that? Uh, and it's a three-octave monophonic keyboard, which is why you're just getting... Instead yeah. of, like, any chords or anything out of it. Played by John. Oh. Uh, John with double-track lead vocal. Uh, and then McCartney Harrison on the backing vocals there. And Harrison on the head claps. And there's a little there's a little vibraphone thrown in there too. Okay. And a little Mick Jagger thrown in there, maybe. So Wow, I didn't know that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh I love it. I, yeah. I've always enjoyed it. And I one of the just the choppy like is just so cool. Very driving. Yeah, it's a good good rocking tune. Catchy, very catchy. Great great bass lines I think it's one of the underrated tunes. It get you never hear it, but it's I can't one. tell you how pleased I am to hear that. I thought we were going to get See, into... Once in a while, thought, we do, we do uh, come to agreement. I think if there's going to be some more in future episodes here that we may have to argue about a little bit. But, yeah, yeah this is a cool one. I'm all with you. So, I thought you were going to take some of the lyrical kind of silliness about it and be like, but no, I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. Hey, I, you know, <laughs> what can I say? And I think we probably, I don't know if we agree on the last tune that finishes the album, which was a big single. It was a famous single. It was recorded on TV and a big thing for the world here with All You Need Is Love. Um, I think it's a classic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, know, I know some people are like, eh, I just think you can't, you know... If you had to have the Beatles perform to the nation, to yeah. the world, one time, and write a song, that was their that was their task, and they I think they just came through gangbusters. Yeah, you know, like with a here, like Beatles, we want you. <laughs> basically, we're commissioning you to write a message to the world, and you know. Lyrically, <laughs> musically, they came up with a, a brilliant, like, wonderful, sweet thing. Yeah. No, it's, you know? it's great. It's got the, the message. Do, do you believe all you need is love? Sure. Sure. Why, Why not? not? Why not? Right? Yeah. And, and, okay, if you think about uh, uh, Anthem, like, John had more Anthem songs later, like, Give Peace a Chance and yeah. Power to the People Right On. <laughs> Uh, I think this blows those away. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's like, uh, that's great. It sounds great. The session, mm-hmm. all the se- session musicians uh, yeah. playing, uh, you know, uh, a lot of brass stuff. And, you know, it's just a real interesting, great sounding song. A little, little She Loves You. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, they, they Again, George Martin with the great scoring and... You hear the coda, or the, well, the, the end of the song, when Paul yells, uh, Paul and John are both yelling and goofing around, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, and you hear all these other tunes. You can hear green sleeves. You can hear, yeah. uh, the, well, it starts out with the French national anthem, and it's full of quotes and full of tunes that were just borrowed and thrown into this big mix of, of stuff. And it's fun. Well, that's- yeah. I freaking love Paul and George's 
backing vocals. You got a thing for backing vocals here. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were just like really like nailing it at this time period. Maybe this is the backing vocals album, but I never realized it. But man, they were like a love, love, love. like how high do they get on those very high. vocals? Very high. Also had um, during the live recording. Obviously, you can see Mick Jagger singing along yeah. and clapping once again. Keith Moon there doing a little shuffle brush drum that's a great closer again it's that was the you can think of that as the end of Beatles psychedelic music in that period it's sort of to me that's the end of it all this might be if you're gonna introduce say a four-year-old kid to the Beatles Mm -hmm. and you want to play something just great I take that back if you want to introduce a four-year-old kid to music (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> make, make him broad. love music and make him feel good yeah. right what's so feel good what's more feel good than all you need is love yeah nothing no great single for the world so yeah. all right so overall this is a weird amount of tracks too i think it only has 11 yeah. songs which is weird but if we had to give our ranking to magical mystery tour on a scale of one to ten i gotta give it on the strengths of its Strong songs. Yeah, I'll go seven and a half. Seven and a half. All right. I was going to go with seven, so that's yeah. we're about about even on that one. I think the, the songs that are really strong are really strong. Yeah, and, and the like, songs that are weaker are definitely weaker. And there, yeah. if there is a, if there is a, 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 if you're listening to this and maybe don't have an album or, or don't. Don't have every song. Hey, get yourself some baby. You're a rich man. Yeah, you, you've missed out when it's a one of the, maybe one of the most underrated on this album. Yeah, the rest of them you've heard, you know, you know. Uh, yeah, seven. And a, yeah, you're right. Seven, seven, seven and a half. Yeah, somewhere for yeah. sure. So, and that's your Pitch, yeah. Pitchfork Media gives it a ten out of ten. Really, that's a <laughs> all. Little music generous. gives it five stars. Blender gives it five stars. So uh, um, some people think it's the best album ever, I guess. But Well, I guess there must have been some reason why I picked that to buy first. Here I go into Coconuts, as we're coming full circle here at the end, or Music Land, wherever I bought it. I'm going in, and the fir- I see all the Beatles CDs there, which I've had all the records before. And the first one I choose to buy is Magical Mystery Tour. There must be something to it, so... You know why? Because it was coming to take you away, <laughs> take you today. And it certainly did. All these years later, 45 years later, Magical Mystery Tour, happy birthday for 45 years. All right. So, well, uh, uh, that's. Uh, I guess that'll be it for today's uh, I Got a Beatles podcast <laughs> with Professor Dave. And not Professor Chris. (laughs) We'll catch you next time.